This is a very strange Thanksgiving week, <laughs> for me anyway. It seems like a cross between Thanksgiving and uh, grief. <laughs> Sadness, despair, fear, worry, and then also sitting tonight with you, uh, deep thanks. I have the sense that I think all beings, regardless of your persuasion, have been in a state of somewhat shock and uh, disorientation and, and just the, the energy of the entire world right now is tweaked. I um, just do a little self-disclosure. I, uh, on, you know, last Friday, I, I headed up to uh, the middle of Canada, where I've been going for about 15 years, Regina, Saskatchewan, and if you're listening, Regina, hello. I went to Regina to lead a retreat, as I usually do, and I noticed that on the way there, just arriving in Vancouver, I, I started to feel very strange, started to feel a kind of energetic oddness. Uh, plenty of energy, but I noticed that there were moments where I just started to feel a little faint and a little, uh, a little, a little strange. So I went through the day and I ended up at the, in Regina, Saskatchewan, arrived there just in time to lead the retreat. And I met with a room of, you know, close to 100 people. And I looked around the room and I saw a lot of the faces that I've been seeing over the last 15 years. And in seeing the faces, my heart opened and I started to internally, they didn't, not everybody, some people saw it, but I started to retch. I started to cry. And it didn't really dawn on me until that moment how much energy of the election I had been carrying. And with the, all the people that I've been meeting with and just being part of a, of a collective of, I call it a collective of, of caring hearts. And was, I was, uh, you know, a little, you know, surprised, but not surprised, just intensely um, aware of, of this, uh, when my heart opened, a, a beginning of a discharge of some of that, that stress. And since then, I've still been having energetic um, anomalies uh, that are, on, on one hand, unnerving, but I'm fairly certain that I'm just part of a, a sane, normal response to madness, or what I sometimes think of as madness. And this is all in a kind of prelude to Thanksgiving. And on one hand, I, I, I am, there's so many things I'm thankful for, in fact, you know, just tonight I just was filled with gratitude sitting with all of you. 
but I'm a little bit o over my head right now. You know, just, I, I don't, it's like my little, whatever, whatever sense of authority I have, I'm just one of, I'm just one of us freaking out a little bit. <laughs> On the other hand, I, I do feel, and I, and I have confidence that each of us has within us, a place that can really just sit and be with it all. And that I can experience what I experience with more or less uh, mental suffering. More or less, and when I say more or less mental suffering, I can either compound what I'm experiencing through the way that I relate to it, or I can just feel what I'm feeling. And in that way, when I realize that, that I'm not really, I can just say with a certain confidence, that I'm not really adding to what's just happening. I'm being kind to myself, accepting. I'm not thinking I should be having a different experience right now. I should be more together. I'm not thinking, I think all the, any kind of spiritual notions that you have about yourself that are just falling right out of bed right now. I love Kevin, wherever he is. He, you know, I won't repeat what he said, but he was doing his best to be, you know, be magnanimous, meditative, and then he just said, F it. <laughs> that was, it's just the, the truth of what was going on. So in the midst of whatever my particular experience is, I, I know that just turning toward gratitude and thanks is a, um, it's, it, in some ways it short circuits the tendency for my mind to just build a repeat over and over uh, all the things that could go wrong and that seemed, from a certain vantage point, seems to be like an unfolding nightmare. But on the other hand, every time I think of that unfolding nightmare, I re-trigger I re myself. I re-traumatize myself. And I'm not going to just hide away in fear and dullness and pretend the world hasn't just gone through a total, a total uh, kind of off its axis. But I'm not going to just keep repeating the same thing in my mind. And I'm going to see how every time I think of, of the, the state of the world, I, I notice that I'm recreating the world in my mind, uh, often in a, in a worrisome and a fearful way. And I don't think that that's actually so beneficial. I think it's enough just to feel the, the impact. It's enough to just sit in the middle of it. It's enough to... to I, you know, I often, in these last um, years that I've been reading and amending the words of Ajahn Chah, I read Ajahn Chah a lot on retreats out loud, and there's a famous quote that, that he recommends. Uh, in, his recommendation is that you take the one seat. He's famous for the expression, take the one seat. In the center of the room, open all the windows, and let everything in. And he says, every, all kinds of strange things will come and go, but your only job, all I implore you to do, so to, you know, that I'm editorializing, 
But all I ask you to do is don't leave your seat. Don't leave your seat. Just sit with what's going on. Just receive it. Experience it. Because it's out of that, out of the truth of our experience, flows our wise and caring and passionate response. But if we lose our seat and we just live in the repetition of disaster and despair and terror in our minds, we end up in some way uh, getting more and more angry in a way that there's a certain kind of fierce compassion, wrathful compassion that is effective, but then there's a kind of anger that's, that's just stewing, that's just rubbing our nervous system raw that doesn't help us and doesn't help the world. So we have to especially remember that we cannot lose our seat during this, these times. And to me, I was thinking about that, ask you one thing, don't leave your seat. To me, that means don't leave the Dharma. So that's something we can be... What do I mean by don't leave the Dharma? What is the Dharma? It is the view of a possibility of living a life that is in alignment with truth, not necessarily how I want it to be, but how it is. A life that is lived uh, committed to non-harming, to not causing any harm, the intention not to cause any harm, the intention to practice simplicity and renunciation, to practice generosity and patience, to practice love, 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 day in and day out. I don't want to forget that dharma. So that's the seed I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose that. I want to let everything that's happening right now be the springboard, be the cause of more love, of more simplicity. Because you know our whole consumer machine, our whole money-driven motivation for our existence that has really given rise to so much obliviousness to, to the needs of, of, the, um, of so much of our population. How, because there was a possibility of more abundance, the, the caring about the, the reproductive rights of women, the, the religious freedom, and, you know, I don't want to name the whole litany of things that one would have to have just overlooked to I don't want to get see I, I'm trying to stay away from politics tonight <laughs> it's really almost impossible 
but it's because we've all been entranced with this, you know, money and productivity and that it's, it's the God of our times. And it's made us insensitive. And so the Dharma reminds us that we, we depend on each other. We don't exist apart from each other. And we, that if one person is suffering, then we're all suffering. If one class or kind of person is suffering, we're all suffering. And, you know, Thanksgiving, just an example, and, I'm, and I can't believe how many years I've, I go in and out of being sensitive and conscious of this, but tomorrow, countless millions of turkeys that were raised to be killed will be killed and eaten and everybody will celebrate their wonderful turkey dinner. And then thinking of all the animals that do we treat the animals in this world as well as we do the people? We don't even treat the people well. So this, we live in, a, in some ways you could say we live in the Kali Yuga, a kind of weirdness. We might as well look at that. But it, to hate it doesn't stop it. Only to, to just keep building that foundation of love and, and simplicity and renunciation and goodwill and generosity. Just the fact that we've been able to go 32 years in this room or in this sangha on a gift economy. As Puneet was saying, from the time of the Buddha, freely offered. And then the relationship of interdependence. I practice my generosity, you practice yours for each other, for the room, for me, and it just goes on. And it's a beautiful thing. There's a happiness in it. There's a joy in it, in that kind of generosity. It's not a, it's not a culture built on, right in the middle of our consumer culture, it's not built on fee-for-service. It's built on acting in ways that open the heart, not just fill or empty our pockets. So we can, we can, we don't want to lose that seat, please. Do we have the microphone? Did anybody? No, I, I'd like other people to be able to really hear you. And did anybody turn? Okay, we don't. No, I, I think she says, should I read the paper? Should I inform people about what I'm learning? Should I not read the paper? I, I, I don't think, I think it's our, it's our own good intentions, our own heart. 
our own intelligence that, um, that makes that kind of determination. There's no right or wrong. I think whatever allows you to stay in balance, and uh, of course, I think out of our caring, we're going to want to shout things from the hilltop if, there, if there's injustice going on. Of course you would. You feel it, yeah. Suffering in the moment is a changing condition. It rolls through, and then there, in meeting it with an open heart, it, in that very moment of meeting it and feeling things, it becomes non-suffering in that moment. It doesn't stop being painful, though. It doesn't stop being. Thank you, Dave. It doesn't stop. Doesn't somehow automatically make everything wonderful but we, we stop adding to the, adding the mental suffering on top of it. Yeah. So I, I, everyone I know is trying, is, has reduced their intake of media to some degree, and people are drifting back in, but not to the extent that they were before the election. And that seems to be something that, that is working for some people. But we all have, we all have a, um, a capacity to, to regulate ourselves. But I, I, there are a few things, again tonight, it's all about Thanksgiving as well. I'm very thankful for this intelligence that lives in me called awareness. The more, I'm, the more I attend to it, the better decisions I make. The more I can care for myself, the more I can care for, my, for what to say, what not to say the Dharma, what I just spoke about. But I don't think, I think what we really need just as much as anything is, is Sangha. It was, that, it was that connecting with the Sangha last Friday evening that allowed my heart to, to soften enough to be able to, to relax into what I was experiencing and to, to find some truth in it. It may not make much sense to you, but to me, I am so thankful to, have, to be in a room of people who might understand what I'm going through and that have a similar values. That you, the people in this room, I don't think, are going to go out and harm anyone intentionally. And I don't think anyone in this room would intentionally even harm the perpetrators of what of what is unfolding in, in Washington. People who are actually causing suffering. I don't think they'd harm them, but we'll shout. Please. Um, it is Thanksgiving on Tuesday, and I do believe in the gratitude. Just wait, wait for the microphone, please. It is Thanksgiving. Close to your mouth, please. It's not on. Gratitude is getting you through. Based on a lie. And we need to really look at that. And I think for me, 
This country is built on oppression, yes. And so, yes. My, to put it in that context. No, th thank you. You know, same old, same old. Same old, same old. Yeah, here's what my, uh, just to share that we're on the same page. This is a night of remembering the native peoples. And in, now I, yeah. The oppressed people, we want, we want freedom for everyone. And it was a little bit about, you took the words out of my mouth. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes, and it's, any opportunity to practice gratitude is, is a good thing. Please, Marcus, could we, can we try to get that thing going? It's working. I think that uh, what we all just witnessed was a uh, uh, an elaborate play. It's like the house of cards and they just play a thumb card. If you look at the numerology, mentioned 9-11, the uh, election took care, took place on 11-8, but on 11-9, they pulled the trunk card. It's all designed to make us feel fear. It's designed to make us feel helpless. None of us are helpless. Embrace our communities, embrace each other, embrace the love and compassion in our hearts, because that's what they're trying to get us away from. So just realize that we are what they are afraid of. Right on. Well said. <laughs> so the last thing, since we are close to our time, I want to share the words of a famous sutra from, a, as he called himself, a buck-teeth lama, buck-tooth lama, named Noshul Ken Rinpoche, where he, in order to to not be, not succumb to fear, hatred, ignorance, not continue to re-traumatize ourselves, but to be able to keep our seat, not leave our seat, he asks us to do something very simple, to be present and remember that it is the essence of the Dharma. Be present. It is the main part of our practice. Be present. It is the mind's stronghold. 
Be present. It furthers natural, wakeful knowing. Absent-mindedness, one strays into laziness. Absent-mindedness, every fault flows forth. Absent-mindedness does not fulfill any purpose. Absent-mindedness is like a heap of crap. Absent-mindedness is to float on a lake of urine. Absent-mindedness is like a heartless corpse. So please, my friends, be present. Be mindful. Through the wishes of all the sublime teachers, may all, my friends, attain steady presence. No Shoken Rinpoche. And finally, since MS WS Merwin, I think, had a real sense of gratitude, thanks, each of our power, he said, Listen, with the night falling, we are saying thank you. We are stopping on the bridges to bow from the railings. We are running out of the glass rooms with our mouths full of food to look at the sky and say thank you. We are standing by the water thanking it, standing by the windows looking out in our directions, back from a series of hospitals, back from a mugging after funerals, we are saying thank you. After news of the dead, whether or not we knew them, we are saying thank you. Our telephones, we are saying thank you. Over telephones, we are saying thank yous. In doorways and in the backs of cars and in elevators, remembering wars and the police at the door and the beatings on the stairs, we are saying thank you. In the banks, we are saying thank you. In the faces of the officials and the rich and all who will never change, we go on saying thank you, thank you. With the animals dying around us, taking our feelings, we are saying thank you. With the forests falling faster than the minutes of our lives, we are saying thank you. With the words going out like cells of a brain, with the cities growing over us, we are saying thank you faster and faster. With nobody listening, we are saying thank you, thank you. We are saying and waving. Sad as it is. So thank you all for this evening, for your practice, for your support, for your keeping your seat no matter what. Going to the Buddha for refuge means the capacity to be awake. Going to the Dharma for refuge is commitment to non-harming, purity of mind, purity of action, purity of view, and, and the Sangha for refuge, supporting your community, your larger community. The whole world is our Sangha, not just this little group. So have at it. Thank you. Have a great meal. (laughs) I mean, have good company.